I'm Fathery. This is Dave. I'm Aaron. I'm Rachel. And this is Text Trek. Engage. back aboard the starship texas for the 218th installment of the text trek podcast the home of star trek fandom from deep in the heart of texas where we take a deep look at star trek old and new and tonight we are talking about star trek prodigy season one episode 15 masquerade written by nikel s jayaram and directed by sung shin and uh, before we get started on that, I do want to give a thank you and a shout out to all of the Text Trek Patreon supporters. Uh, you make it so much easier for us to continue to do the weekly show every week and help out with some of the expenses here. And so just a big thank you to Starfleet Boy, Kick is Eternal, Gay Club and Lundstrom, Crazy Dutchie, Joanne Robertson, Quarksbar, John Dawes, Sci-Fi Haven, and our anonymous supporters. Thank you all so much. I want to let everyone know that we're going to be doing a Patreon watch party on December 10th. Uh, it's going to be uh, like Saturday in like two weeks. So if you want to uh, check that out, be sure to sign up for the Patreon. You can come in at whatever tier you'd like. You can come in as low as $2 a month. Or if you want to be more generous, we have some some more perks, some other tiers. But yeah, I don't think Dave and I have figured out qu exactly like what episode we're going to do December 10th. We've we've tossed out some. Uh... I like your notion of the one that connects to the what will be the following one, Fathery. But oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. So yeah, we, no, some people were excited about that. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and make it official now. We're going to do. Uh, elementary my dear data for december to see moriarty before he shows up in picard and then we'll do the other moriarty episode uh which what was it the one where with barkley reactivates some i can't remember the, the name ship in a bottle head. ship in a bottle there you go thank you so much rachel i was thinking like it's like something in a box is it like like man in a box or like my no, brain went no, to like how sharper a than a moriarty no, that's not right because <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna make everything tas here that so wasn't what briefly. i meant honestly i was like but it was like oh, there's Moriarty will briefly take over, which feels yes. appropriate. Yeah, so it we're does. gonna do both Moriarty episodes, and uh, then we'll be ready for his return at some point after Picard starts up in February. So yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be tons of fun. Which will be in like in two seconds, like the way the the year yeah. is going by. It's like <laughs> so it's true. fast. With all that out of the way, let's talk about some Star Trek Prodigy. I'm gonna quickly recap the episode and then kind of expand on it with some spoilers uh, just to uh, refresh it in everyone's memory. Uh, but I'm going to read the, the official synopsis, and that is, Trapped in the neutral zone, the crew encounters a rogue geneticist who sheds light on Dal's past. Now, we find out that he is actually the product of genetic engineering, 26 different Star Trek species combined into one organism, uh, which uh, he you know, he's kind of has his feelings hurt when he learns that he thought he uh, had like parents or maybe a family out there or like a whole race of people like him, but he's a uh, one of a kind. And he tries to overcompensate a little bit more of that imposter syndrome stuff going on, you know, last week's episode. But he, I guess at the end, he learns to, uh, you know, accept himself. And the lesson of the, the episode is what Janeway said at the beginning, uh, you know, if something is 
too good to be true. Something seems too good to be true. It probably is. I like that slightly longer version of the phrase that you just said, fathery, uh, but that is not what they used in the show. What do they, what do they use in the show? She said, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. And I'm like, oh, that, so that is what she says. Yeah. I, but it's the, it's the seams part that I think is kind of important. <laughs> Otherwise you're just saying, if it is hmm. too good to be true, it is. And I'm like, eh, I don't, yeah, anyway, <laughs> obviously we all understand the intent though. So. Yes, that was the intent. So, I like that Rock Talk figured that out before everybody. It's like, could she be on other starships? You know, where they're, they're, we don't uh, figure this out really any faster than yeah. Sometimes it's like the little kid who like understands more clearly yeah. than you know all the older people. They adults overcomplicate stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can uh, each share our broad thoughts on the episode. Kind of each give like our opening statement. Uh, I just. Real quick, I want to like you know yield my time before we do that. Just I, I liked the episode. I thought the ending might have been like a little rushed, but overall, I had a great time with this one again. But uh, I just wanted to say that uh, last week, like a few days ago, like the person that I guess was like, kind of the only person I ever like talked Star Trek with on any type of like deep level or anything. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, uh, I had a, a uncle. He's actually like my great uncle. He would have been my mom's uncle, but I didn't have anyone in my immediate family that watched Star Trek. You know, I talked to so many fans. Or like, I watched it with my brother or my, my dad or whatever. But I kind of just got into it on my own somehow. But he was like the one person in my family that I could, you know, talk to about it. Or, I, you know, I'd get like, oh, look, I got the Star Trek encyclopedia. Let me show it to you. And like stuff like that when I was a kid. And he just uh, recently passed away a couple of days ago. He had a, I, th- I think he was 79. So he had a, a good run. But yeah, just uh, he's, he's been on my, my thoughts a lot lately because I just like, so much of the person I grew up to be, you know, like a lot of the things I was like really interested in as a kid, he was the only person I had that I, you know, I could really like bond over that stuff. And, you know, I, I, I keep telling my partner Antonia that I live with, I was like, oh yeah, like see this poster for the seven samurai. Like he's the only person I've ever talked about like Akira Kurosawa movies, you know, growing up or just, you know, just like little things like that. That's interesting, you know, Father, because the, the little small pushes we get here and there when we're kids can have just massive effects. You know, it's a butterfly mm-hmm. effect almost. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, a uh, I was embarrassed to be buying a comic one time and some dudes were making fun of me leaving a 7-Eleven, right? Back when they had them there. And like one like high school kid who was with them, there's a bunch of high school kids, was like, no nah, man, he's like, Captain America's cool. And he, he, said, he said it not like snarkily, he said it sincerely. And he was like t- kind of telling his friends to shut the fuck up. And like that, I'm sure kind of stayed with me and, and is part of probably why I got into comics and a ton of other nerdy stuff from that. Now you manage a comic mm-hmm. shop. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I owe that person for how little money I make. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, it is. It's just we definitely like it's worth remembering and thinking about and talking about. I think the people who were the people who gave us those really good prompts when we were young. Yeah. So it's certainly worth remembering him. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of want to like dedicate this, this show to his. It's like, it's crazy. Like so many things that remind me of him constantly. Like the day that he died Tuesday was actually the anniversary of Star Trek first contact. Mm. It made me remember like that was the first movie I saw, like the first Star Trek movie I saw in the theater. Cause I didn't really like, get into Trek hardcore until like 90, 94 mm-hmm. when generations was coming out. So the first one, like I actually got to like anticipate and then like go see and watch it in the theater and everything was first contact. And he's the guy who like took me to the, the the theater to see it oh. so it's just yeah just like so so many like little things and like my my day-to-day life and especially like in my star trek fandom which is a, a day-to-day life thing for me mm-hmm. uh yeah just constantly reminds me of them so uh this one's for you uncle doob right on aaron uh just like to let you kind of go first and 
and kind of give your your thoughts on this episode because you weren't here last week and and neither was Rachel. So kind of like both of y'all to say kind of what your thoughts were on last week's story and then say what you thought about uh, this week's episode since this is a continuation of last week. By the way, yeah, go ahead and go first. I was working and I was in the chat room. I was like, I was there. I was like, oh no, I was in the chat room. Um, I I enjoyed it except I had the same kind of comment. It's like the amount of mistaken or like just people crossing and not talking it's just like that believable once it kind of worked with Essencia, but the fact that everybody bumped into each other and then didn't talk about what they were really trying to say it was too much like a 1980s sitcom <laughs> where it's just like if someone just would ask that would solve the problem or, or whatever so i think that part felt you know once was fine four times was a little over the top so that that part of it i didn't love but i did like the whole overall the whole story arc was fun i enjoyed the setting like both of the both of our the settings in the last two episodes have been fun you know they've been it, we were talking about it had a very star wars feel in some ways but it also mm-hmm. if you go back and look at uh the ufp building uh or not no it's the starfleet building in san francisco it has very similar edges on the like the big saucers so you know it's like oh okay so it is kind of a starfleet architecture but uh yeah no i i i thought it was good um it got it moved things along which was good but there was just that one, the, the section where it's just like, okay, this is these coincidences and bump, bumping into each other are just getting a little over the top at this point. Well, what about uh, this week's episode? Uh, I like this episode quite, quite a bit. Um, there was a lot less of that. I, I think, you know, we were talking before that we, you know, are we going to see Okana again? I honestly thought, and I'm glad they didn't do this, is that he was going to show up at the end and save everybody or something. Like, oh, I'll just go away and I'll be, you know, like, because that happens a lot where it's just like, oh, he's, he was very, you know, oh, I hate him because he left. And then suddenly mm-hmm. there's the person. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this yeah. thing and go home. Yeah. 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 Essentially, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was worried. I was like, is he going to try and haunt his way I'm, back yeah. into this? Like, I was I'm, hoping I'm, for that. I if sort of was. Back, I really want to see their reaction like no we, we just don't trust him, sorry. <laughs> you know we got to see jellico again so that was that'll be something fun to talk about mm-hmm. rachel what would you think of uh the first okana episode last week and then go ahead and let us know what you thought about this week's episode i enjoyed both of them i i do get what you're saying about them like bumping into people and uh but i have really been enjoying that it's been a pretty seamless transition to me for like them being pretty disconnected from the star trek universe at large to like all of a sudden we're getting quite a few cameos and it's like they don't feel like they're taking over the show i could see like slightly older kids maybe not the youngest kids watching it being like hey this this character showed up and being like i want to watch uh like that episode that like this character's from i'm not sure making kids watch the first episode with okana is a great idea but (laughs) But terry uh, hatcher's there she is (laughs) It is very what you're saying, like very organic how they're all coming coming in. And I've really mm. been enjoying comparing like the um like hologram Janeway with real Janeway and seeing like the differences and that is like of course like the hologram one is more like an idealized version of Janeway because real one is a real person with like actual you know person like flaws that a person would have even though I love her but <laughs> yeah real Janeway's uh, she got worked up a little bit in the past ep- or in the previous mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I did, and I kind of thought this would happen that she's like slightly mellowed when she where she realized her kids. She was like, "What? T- she, now she's just confused." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "That's fair." If I hadn't been watching the show and someone like, and I was in this universe, I'd be like, "That didn't happen." <laughs> like, well, I think what it, the writer uh, Aaron Walkie pointed out uh, that also 
you know, you, when you think about like the Ocampas and the other people who are like have reached full maturity at a what appears to be a young age, that there's also that level mm-hmm. of like it still can be like, oh, OK, these could be kids, but they're still dangerous, possibly. Well, uh, Rachel, any, anything else on, on this week's episode? I really enjoyed it. I know about that. I was like, I'm sure once we like start into it, I'll have something more in depth. But um, uh, I've really been enjoying seeing like the character growth and like the main characters on Prodigy as well. And I thought there was a lot of good uh, seeing that from Doll today. It was really good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, uh, what about your take on this week's episode? What was your broad opinion of it? I like elevator fights. Uh, no, no, that's actually true, though. Um, uh, you know, and I also, uh, I, on a very superficial note, uh, I thought that Tal Shiar strike team looked badass. I'm just going to. Yes. Uh, really cool design work on that those guys, and they seemed cool and threatening. But uh, yeah, I was I was happy with this episode. It's, um, you know, something I wanted to mention that I was just thinking about as I was, I, I did it, I watched it twice, and the second time I was watching, I was thinking, oh, you know, it's so cool to me to see them repairing these ship from the previous week. I was reminded of just, you know, when I was a kid, like most of the cartoons were just episode of the week. That was just the standard. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I'd watch an anime, and that was kind of where they were starting to do more of the serial stuff. And I remember watching Robotech. the show the Star Blazers was the one for me, uh, which is in uh, Japan, a space cruiser Yamato. And uh, this is like the 1970s, late 70s, I think, maybe early 80s when it was being broadcast. And and they were like on an ongoing starship kind of uh, a trek, <laughs> I should say. And and But they would take damage or something one week and have to be dealing with it next. And I, I like as a kid, that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's more common now that, you know, the anime is everywhere. But it's just it's still cool to me to see, you know, that sort of continuity between episodes uh and what else do we have so there was a space station visit i like the space stations and we've been getting a lot of them we had uh what is it noble isle we had denoxy depot and even before that there was the the relay station uh mm-hmm. as, as as settings i like those uh, i thought that dal's story was like maybe a little silly uh you know the imposter syndrome uh, exploration by way of you know his genetic outbreak of all of his 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 past selves uh turned up to uh to 11 uh, but uh, but I, I think it's not a bad l- metaphor for, you know, like essentially trying too hard, you know, mm-hmm. uh, d- being desperate to try and show off. And I did like the idea that Okana seems outwardly uh, like a person who's like would would be somebody that, oh, you know, oh, how can I measure up to that? When in fact, all he's kind of good at is making people think that he's you know, worth worth something. Mm-hmm. That's like Okana's only actual skill set. Anyway, I thought it was a very good, solid episode. I liked seeing Jellico back. Uh, I, uh, there was also just so much big events that happened in it, too. Uh, Murph got revealed to uh, have some uh, fighting abilities and formally became security officer. We saw the big reveal about uh, Ensign Essentia and, and, and Dal's past. So uh, on that level, I was pleased to see just so much going on. So uh, it was it was an episode I was really pretty happy with. What about you, Fathery? The quick version. Um, I, I loved Jellico back. The Romulans were cool. I was not thrilled that it was kind of a story about Dal, you know, and his in- insecurities. Sometimes I kind of, you know, roll my eyes when characters are just, you know, week after week are just like, oh, I'm just so worthless. How can I measure up? It just, uh, it gets kind of old after a while. But when he started losing control of his mutations and was turning into like every Star Trek alien race, you know, <laughs> simultaneously, I, I thought that was so much fun that it won me over in the mm-hmm. end. It's very much like that Seven of Nine episode where she was going through all the different personalities Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Which we know that must have been on their minds because that gave us the the vinculum. 
was mm. in that episode, yeah, yeah, which they right. just used a couple weeks ago. I, I yeah. see that in Star Trek all the time. Like, I'll see something from an episode, and then something else from that episode shows up like a couple weeks later. I'm like, yeah, you you writers were watching that. Like, <laughs> I, but let's just go ahead and get into the episode breakdown and kind of go through beat by beat. Uh, starting off with with our opening of the the proto star going to Noble Isle, while uh, Janeway has to break off her pursuit uh, at the neutral zone. Um, which I guess Romulan warbirds can come on our side of the neutral zone, but we can't go on their side because this always happens. And there's always like a Romulan warbird like decloaks uh, right next to the the hero Starfleet ship. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we have uh, the the return of Jellico. He is uh, an admiral. He is Janeway's superior. And he's he's telling her, you know, no, we can't damage our negotiations with the Romulans at this moment. Do not cross the the border into the neutral zone. But also, don't let them steal the protostar. If you have to, just shoot some torpedoes over there and blow up that ship. Which I feel like that might be considered problematic as well. Um, just I, we were just firing torpedoes in the neutral zone. What? <laughs> um, I did have a thought. I was like, kind of dark. If anyone found out about it, like they just blew up this ship they knew was filled with children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when they when they launch the torpedoes later like jankum and zero are both on the protostar yeah. like there's there's kids on there right everybody now. knows that janeway has had to make some hard decisions <laughs> oh i mean true she, she oh she's gonna tuvix them <laughs> don't bring up tuvix father you know i i had to say um i was uh back in my uh kind of love hate days with star trek i was a jellico fan because i kind of thought ah he was kind of hardcore and the rest of the crew were too soft and uh i still do actually kind of like his somewhat Kirk-like style of trying to negotiate in that episode way back when. And here I found that he was, uh, although he's kind of a cranky old guy, you know, they're definitely kind of playing him a little bit as that kind of a, a little bit of a bad moral, that his advice was broadly sound. You don't want to go walking around in the neutral zone and threaten <laughs> threaten an unstable peace with the Romulans. Not 100% sure about blowing up the ship, but uh, it's not the craziest idea. Um, it's uh, It would be better than, you know, having a, uh, probably having that information leak, I guess. What, what did y'all think about Jellico? I've never been a huge fan of Jellico just because you, to be a good leader, I feel like you have to, be respectful and like be able to communicate well he doesn't mm-hmm. communicate he just yells at people like sure. you don't get the best out of your people by all, you know, occasionally yes you do need to be like that and maybe we've only seen the two or three times that he has to be like that and he's yeah. not reasonable at other times but since we've never seen that we only have the few times that we have to go mm-hmm. by he has not grown at all since the last time we've <laughs> seen him in fact, he might be worse because he feels a little bit almost like a parody of himself in some ways. Well, you know, everybody yeah. is height- heightened on the show a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I jokingly said I'm waiting for him to yell at Janeway to put on a, you know, a, your, your proper uniform. And she's like, but, but I am. You know, it's like, <laughs> like this is I, the way I end all my calls. Goodbye. You know? That's uh, why I have like a love hate with Jellicoe because I was like, not the best leader. Thank you. And I was like, I don't mind her putting Deanna Troy in a uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because after that scene, I was like, that can't be all we're getting of Jellico. I feel like we're getting yeah. more. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, sure he'll show. be a recurring, yeah. recurring character. Yeah. Maybe he and Okana can just go at it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun to explore Janeway having to uh, take orders she doesn't like mm-hmm. from a superior officer. Because in seven years of Voyager, we never got that. She was always, you true. know, out on her own. That's true. She was always, you know, the buck stopped with her. Mm-hmm. Like, she had to make all the tough calls herself. This is the first time we see her, like... Many a Star Trek captain has done it. Maybe everyone but her. 
but yeah when you have like an admiral like telling you to do something and like well i really don't want to do this and you know how am i gonna like bend the rules am i gonna disobey am i gonna do it but try just you know put my own spin on it you know what what am i gonna do here so it's kind of neat to see them do something new with janeway that we hadn't explored before Mm -hmm. the one thing that i noticed that i i don't know if anybody else has like this is now the second time that she's been called out for following her emotions basically like this feels very 1990s uh Jane yeah a little like, bit of a oh you hysterical women kind yeah, of yeah I, it's thing. not a great look i don't i like, was like but... one i i feel like maybe following the emotion of uh i know they're talking about dakota the emotion of hey maybe don't kill those kids but maybe a good one stick to yeah. it i think the writers have 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 maybe been a little bit not unclear, but they seem like they themselves are a little bit torn on a little bit on her portrayal where at times she's been like crippled their ship and, and just like, mm-hmm. like sounded weirdly harsh that at that point, like she knew they were kids, I think at that mm-hmm. point. Right? And then at times, like when she ran into Dal on the thing, she was a little snippy at first, but then she kind of like, when she's like, you want to join Starfleet, don't you? And she kind of softened up and became very, very traditional kind of Jane way. But yeah, like the thing is like, she kind of has been a little bit flighty, you know, that she would be considering, you know, potentially triggering a war with the Romulans because of the Chicote is a little bit close to where Picard was in uh, first contact with the Borg. Uh, just, just a little bit too close to being over the line, I think for, for maybe the place she is, which is just really at this point, we don't know what happened to Chicote. Yeah. Although it could very likely be something bad from her perspective. I guess there's the weird thing that I like for with everything with the kids, like we know more than her, but the Chicote thing, I was like, actually, I have no idea too. Like, yeah. I hope he's okay. Like, It'd be, it'd be dark as hell if they just find Chococote is dead. <laughs> I just, the only reason I 100% don't think he's dead is that this story is on a kid's show. Yeah. Right. And I think we know that uh, Robert uh, Beltran, is that his name? Yeah. Um, uh, has, has like, is signed on or doing stuff. Yeah. Well, we already got yeah, him briefly in that. True. That's true. That could so. just be a little it, fake out until we find been, his. Until we see his corpse. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, that was all that they, they brought him in for. If you had saw like a major character like corpse on the show. Killed on Prodigy. Hell, man. <laughs> he's just in one of the rooms that have been locked off, and he's just sitting there the entire time. Like, can <laughs> like, like, like a no one has died on the show. Like, right? Like, there's not been any any deaths in That's Prodigy. true. I think I even when, like, the station went haywire or the prison was yeah. collapsing. No, nobody that, that – there hasn't really been any even indication of, like, oh, like it was kind of off screen. The closest you've gotten is, like – they said his name at the other episode. I still got Dreadnought. Dreadnought. When, when Dreadnought yeah. got ripped apart. Yeah, but well, then he automatically were like, no, we can put him in a different body. He's fine. Right. There's yeah. the the people in the speeders that got smashed against the wall in Denoxy Depot that I don't, they probably did not survive. <laughs> they <laughs> might have had some bruises. Did, am I correct that in the Diviner's future that we, did his people go to war and even though it's all off oh, yeah. screen, presumably a terrible civil war with many deaths, I would yeah. guess. Probably millions oh, there's of There's something about that, like, it's in the future. We don't know that that's going to happen, like, kind of thing. But I, I think there, there will there will be a death on the show at some point, but it'll be... They'll a... probably make a bit of a thing out of it when it happens. Yeah. When mm-hmm. Murph dies tragically. <laughs> don't think it'll be Murph, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about the protostar and, and yeah. Dal's jealousy of Okana when, you know, everyone seems to be liking him so much. And our, our, our new Murph... I'm laughing at Murph running around shooting phasers. It's a little ridiculous, but again, the the heightened quality of the show. I I could okay. I did this image. I was like, my mom. My mom has a puppy right now. (laughs) That if he could. That's. 
<laughs> he decided I'm his favorite person, so every time I come into a room, he flies at me. Aw. <laughs> it's very cute, but he's full size now, but still a puppy. Oh my. I think just now it just clicked what like what's weird about this is like Murph seems younger than he was before. He's acting more childlike than Murph the blob was for some reason. But wasn't wasn't he just kind of like like almost like a pet then, you know, like an yeah. animal kind yeah. of? I guess. Yeah, I now he, yeah. He he went from acting like a like a dog to acting like a toddler. So what I would compare is that cuz this was toddler is that like the blob was like an infant that basically they don't do anything really. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he would like squill and Yeah stuff and i think he did he like occasionally like help him out and like sort of protect them and he would eat them. things mm -hmm. yeah yeah besides the protecting every all infant stuff <laughs> i i'm excited for like the different the different phases of murph now yeah. like i oh now we have hamster ball murph and well at some you know, point I, it, I presume he'll speak which would be interesting mm, or communicate yeah. in some way maybe yeah. it's telepathic maybe maybe he does uh you know he can uh do some sort of sign language i don't know the little dankly thing flashes on top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to communicate verbally now. He's just, you know, this is like the different noises and stuff he makes. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that's where he's going. <laughs> I see in the comments, I just have to quick interrupt as to Chakotay's disappearance. Joel suggests Uhura put Chakotay in the closet. Uh, that is Uhura from Star Trek 3. Oh, is that Mr. Adventure Guy? Is he still in the closet? <laughs> yeah, Did he actually he ever... died in that closet. <laughs> There's a whole book about it enough. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what, so what do we think about, uh, though, about Dowell and um, uh, Okana, who's, uh, I think, more or less, it seems like he has not progressed a lot as a person since those yeah. days a few decades ago on the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. He actually seems worse. Like, he didn't seem like that bad of a dude on TNG. Like, he was just kind of a, maybe like an annoying... Um... It feels like maybe he got more down on his luck, and then he just sort of what like... Did, his... What did he do? Yeah. What did he ultimately do in that episode? There was like other various people like hunting for him in the original one. And why were they mad at him? Because someone thought that he was he impregnated their daughter and then someone else thought that he uh corrupted their son and like involved him in this this crime stole the um, jewel of something or other yeah the, and had he no. uh well no he he was actually helping like the two of them were in love and he was just helping them get they, they, they talk about it in this episode yeah. actually okana like re yeah. oh yeah uh, that was this thing explains that explains the, the outrageous okana within this episode so he so never like did anything <laughs> bad or villainous or you know it might have been kind of annoying yeah. how he's like hitting on every woman but I no know. one on the enterprise seemed to mind it's been a long time since i've watched that episode all the way through the last time i was watching through tng i was watching through a friend and we were we were skipping some episodes and there were the episodes mm. that i was like i can't do this i, can't, I don't want to yeah. and i we watched one scene with okana and i said how do you feel about this character like oh he's annoying and i said <laughs> we should skip it they go all yeah. in like Arguably, the worst thing he does in that episode is inspire Data to explore comedy. <laughs> it, was the worst, it was definitely the worst thing for the audience. <laughs> but yeah, the, the first time I watched this episode, I was like, that is so dark. Did Dal just fantasize about blowing oh, Okana out of an airlock? I love but, that scene. But no, <laughs> I no, like some no, dark But who humor. doesn't actually have that sort of like, you that's, know, that's not what it really is, though. It's, in his, Isn't it? In, in, in Dal's daydream, Okana leans on the controls and and kills himself on accident. I mean, yeah, it's still the same idea. <laughs> but it's not the same as, like, I, I'm going to fantasize about murdering this person. I, like, I guess it's true. As far that's as true. You know, kids' fantasies of death, it's on the lower <laughs> level. I kind of love that because I also... I did, too. Like, one, I also, like, 
everyone does have like fantasies like that and i feel like it maybe it's like good for kids to know that like hey you're not that weird it's fine (laughs) right dal wouldn't really do it and (laughs) And neither would you it's fine yeah, but that was a great uh, that was a great little bit of visual humor uh, that they did, and I I applaud them doing something a little dark like that, but not mm-hmm. like crazy dark. Obviously. Yeah, I also love when before that scene when they they have the ball and he rolls the ball and it goes past the the camera, and then when it comes back, he's actually on the other. It's like it blends two, two scenes together with Okana. Oh and both of them. yeah, they, just, they used that it for a scene really transition. Well. That's cool. Yeah, Holocrim Janeway was into his flirting, and I was like, you're falling for this. <laughs> well, she kind of she kind of resisted. She was like, "Oh, you probably say that to all interactive holograms." Or uh, I, I can't remember exactly what she said. Like tutorial advisory holograms. holograms. Advisory, yeah. yeah, advisory holograms. And he says something like that. They, you wouldn't be off with that bed or whatever he said. I think that probably her giving him a little bit of a smile of approval, like, "Oh, he's just a cad" or whatever, was kind of the equivalent of I start I started to watch the the original episode a few days ago, and I I just need to finish watching it. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of a slog. Uh, of it's a bit of the equivalent of how I think Troy assessed him. She's like, he doesn't seem to have ill intentions, you know. I, I the the word that comes to mind is rogue, and like so we're like, okay, we're not supposed to think that he's necessarily a bad guy, and we're supposed to go along with it when the crew admires him, even though it's not the best writing, but. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's what Janeway's like thing was supposed to do was give him a little bit of adult approval. Like, yeah, she doesn't hate him, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe she should have, by the way, <laughs> because he left them in the absolutely their uh, most terrible time of need. He left them to yes. the Tal Shiar. Uh, if he does not show up for some or at least attempt some kind of Han Solo return, then I got to say this guy is a total piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would love I would love to see that. I'd love to see him redeem himself at some point. Now I wonder because you mentioned that I feel like they'll kill someone. I wonder if like he'll mm. like that will be him. Like he'll come to like he'll rescue thing. Yeah, I I think I, that's not the craziest I feel idea. That could be like that's a a decent, especially like for a show where you're trying to like you don't necessarily want like you want to show that they're like oh there's good in everyone for like a kid show. Uh, mm-hmm. I would think that be, they haven't really spent much time getting inside his head. If yeah. they were to have him return in the next episode and give him a few scenes where we saw maybe a little some flashbacks to his past, whatever made mm-hmm. him the person he was, you know, both why he's, you know, cautious and kind of skeevy sometimes and why he, you know, why people also like him and stuff. I think yeah. that would be a, the best solution, honestly. What if he didn't idea. mean to abandon them? What if he was just like trying to like go somewhere and like get help yeah. to like you know, rescue them from the Romulans. Mm-hmm. I could see him so, using but... that excuse, if nothing else. I yeah, he <laughs> no, might no, at least going to go get people. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the episode, have they left? They, they, they get, I know they got back to the ship because it didn't get blown up. We don't see them leave. We see them repairing. No I was just trying I, to I figure ass- out, yeah, would he have an opportunity to, because he certainly didn't save them in that time. There's nothing mm-hmm. to be saved from at this point. So yeah, what would he do? Stow away again? You know, yeah. try and steal some of their shit and then somehow help them? I, it's weird. Maybe he's not going to show in for till another season, and they'll be like, yeah. "Oh, Kana, you suck," and then he'll die in season three. I don't know. <laughs> well, season, we're still in season one, technically. Oh, that's Jesus right. Christ. That's right. It's a bit. It's season a big three will be season. like in twenty seventy two. Like, I'm gonna point out that this is the like this is the cr- second Christmas season that the show will have been out. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and still, there's no toys in stores. Yeah, that was like. Are there no toys yet? I know they were. That was a they big have part the of playmates the... toys. I don't think they're out in stores yet. I think you might be able to order some online. Hmm. But I feel like 
Let's see. Especially for kids. Kids don't necessarily know to look online for, like, toys. Yeah. I bet they do a little bit more now. I'm sure they do more now, but it's good, like, the visualization seeing in a store. Mommy, oh, yeah. I want that. Imp- impulse items. Or... Yeah. You can order Ringo. them. I don't know when. They... Pre-order. Okay. Yeah. So everything's but... a pre-order right now. Okay. January 2023. It... So right after Christmas. Yeah. Great. Great. I don't understand. <laughs> Oops. I have many rants about how I don't understand what's happening with merchandise with this franchise right now. Well, it's not like they didn't have time to come up with it, given that, we, like like you said, we're in the second like Christmas it, season. Yeah. And people went crazy over Murph. Like, at least have a Murph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Father, it's, a, it's another space elevator. Yeah, space elevators are, like, a big deal now. They just had one in Lower Decks mm-hmm. not that long ago. Just, like literally like two months ago yeah, i was like i was like that's a coincidence that has to be a coincidence right like that's just very random to me well you know i think some of somewhat since it's a, you know it is a real conceptual idea that you know like mm-hmm. something we might actually do uh mm-hmm. in, in their in real life in the next century few centuries um i wonder if it's just becoming more part of the vocabulary of science fiction you know like yeah. to me it's like a, an older idea like, like it's space like stations outdated. we would never forget a space station but yeah it is and they even in this call it an outdated idea which i thought was neat i kind of yeah. like when when there are planets I, I know it's a contrivance of course but i like when there's planets like oh we can't beam down we got to go down in a shuttle or we got to do mm-hmm. this or that and in this case they had to take their uh, janky old space elevator <laughs> you know we've been to so many like you know free cloud type planets or you know Noxy Depot or, you know, Rigel 10 on Enterprise or just different stuff like that. Or like the other star franchise goes to a lot of these like shady planets and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought like combining that with the space elevator made this one feel like a little different and unique. And I like the mm-hmm. idea of like, oh, the, the ion storms. You can't you can't just take a shuttle down or beam mm-hmm. down. You have to use the space elevator. So it kind of made it make sense. And OK, a planet like this within the neutral zone, that would kind of be a, a cool place where any like illegal or unlawful activity mm-hmm. like it would make sense to go do it here oh, yeah you know the, the starfleet can't come after you mm-hmm. so i also was like oh it completely makes sense that there'd be right right in the border of the neutral zone there'd be a planet like this yeah yeah, yeah there's got to be shady stuff like that yeah yeah i think i think someone brought this up last week but yeah like are are there planets are there like inhabited worlds like within the neutral zone so it's cool that they're they're mm-hmm. i guess answering that seems like that's a definitive that. yes as to like how yeah. well thought out the overall political yeah. nature of it is 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 that that may not be something they've discussed a ton but it does seem like the answer is definitely yes <laughs> this is the only planet that we know has a ross on it <laughs> <laughs> the clothing store that logo and that we i found in the, on the city <laughs> Yeah, it was the same same font as as Ross dressed for less. What? Yeah, it's just vertical instead. Yeah, there is a in the background. It's a, it's R O S S, but it's vertical instead of horizontal. Listen, Insane. some of these aliens, so some of the people visitors here don't have a lot of money to spend, and a good uh, discount place like Ross is just what they're looking for. Space Ross. <laughs> I I shop at well, I used to shop at Ross more, but then I worked at uh, competitor for Ross, so that oh. I, I didn't more of a discount when you work at the place. <laughs> let's talk about uh dr jago and and her lab seems on the up and up i i, I think it seems <laughs> very seems frankenstein good, looking like very cool the like the mm-hmm. top pieces it's cool how much fun rock talk was having because as soon as she learns there's like weird science stuff that go not weird science but like unusual yeah. science stuff that happens on this planet i like her like, exuberance her, I... yeah her eyes get big she's like oh everything's so sciencey here 
early on, I was really kind of unsure about her character as the youngest because I was like, oh, she's going to be the cute one and it's going to get insufferable. But like, mm. she's actually, she's pretty endearing, I think. Mm -hmm. And all of her like excitement to try out, she, you know, when, what's the name, Dal or, or Jenkin was like, are you a meteorologist now? And she's like, maybe yeah. I am. Uh, you know, like, uh, I thought that was super cute. And so I like seeing her get enthused for science crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really like the, the voice acting that, that Riley is doing because it, it's always interesting to me to watch what, or I, I guess I should say, listen to what choices she makes as an actor. Mm -hmm. so sometimes, you know, the way that she delivers certain lines, it's like, oh, that's kind of weird that you would, you know, emphasize this word or like try to like say it this way. But I think it's just like, you know, these are choices that like a kid is making. And it, it, in a way, like it makes it makes it feel more believable. Like, yeah. like Rock Talk does legitimately like sound and act like a kid. I never forget mm -hmm. that this this massive, scary looking rock <laughs> monster is a little girl. Yeah. I do think the cool. voice actress is doing a, a really good job. Like it doesn't sound like a little kid acting it just sounds like a little yeah. kid who is rock talk or even somebody who's like a little bit older trying to act younger or something like that mm -hmm. is, is everything on this planet is it all sort of cutting it bleeding edge science unregulated science uh or was there kind of other stuff going on too and we know that they have like tasty snacks that as long as you don't ask what's inside of them. Or <laughs> That's enjoyable. true. Like, I guess it's, but like when they were going down, they, that was like what was like discussed and Janeway specifically is like, Hey, you know, when they say cut, cutting edge, that means unregulated. And she's mm -hmm. like, there's a reason we've got rules. So she was talking like, that's like what it's known for. Right. So, mm -hmm. so I guess we can assume that's at least it's sort of its main thing. Right. I was very surprised that they gave us this much of Dal's origin in this episode. You know, we still don't know all the details, but just the fact that like, Oh yeah, you're just straight up a genetically engineered entity made up of, of 26 different species combined together. Created by together. the only person who ever does <laughs> genetics ever in Star Trek. Assume. <laughs> just like, I, ah! at this point, no, yeah. no, 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 he wasn't, he wasn't made by Eric Soong. It was made by the protégés of Eric Soong. Okay, Soong. fine. That's so true, but might... I did groan when I heard that a bit. Oh, um, right. Yeah. I did. I did like how I think I was like a spread spider going to show up. It makes <laughs> the universe feel very, very small. I, I absolutely I, agree. As far, you know, as far as I know, I don't think Bashir had like genetic engineering had anything to do with Snoop. That's true. Give him time. Give him time to make the connection. <laughs> the the Bashir thing, and then you know, in Strange New Worlds, the stuff with Una, like That's yeah, true. they don't they don't touch it here. But is Dal eventually gonna? Is he gonna learn like, oh, I'm actually not allowed to join Starfleet because I'm mm. I'm a That's genetically engineered I, augment. I thought yeah. about that. She called him an augment. That's what I was no. like, uh, we, that's, I thought about that while I was watching. That I was like, I'm concerned. Do we know if in the era that this is, if that's still a, a Federation law? As far as we know, it is. As far as but based know... on something that Brett, Brett Gray, the voice actor who plays Dal, something that he said is that when we explore more of the character's origin, it, it's going to shine a light on you know, the Federation's one remaining prejudice or something like that. And when he said that, I wasn't sure what he was talking about, but I see this episode and now I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking mm -hmm. about like genetic engineered mm -hmm. stuff. So makes sense now. I wonder maybe they can use the fact they gave like Bashir a pass, like as precedent. It'd be kind of interesting. I, I could see yeah. somebody making that legal argument, whatever, whoever the Samuel Cogley of, of the 24th century is. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. In. That'd be neat. Murph. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be kind of fun to see <laughs> at that point. Yeah, could, could they do that, that's a, that's an interesting point, Dave. Yeah. Do you think they could do a courtroom drama episode in Prodigy and make it uh, like exciting and interesting for kids? I, I think, think they could really actually. Cool they could. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it's got to be a little bit big and bold, but that they're yeah. they're already skilled at doing that. Um, you know, a little bit of uh, probably some of that sort of courtroom like you know tv courtroom stuff like we need you to kids you know if you don't get that evidence to us in the next 20 mm -hmm. minutes we won't have anything yeah. for you know our argument even though that's not actually how you have to show everybody the evidence and all that yeah. or we just spend more time with them like on the, his viewpoint of what's happening and just knowing mm -hmm. that there's a big decision to be made yeah. and you don't need to be a part of every single motion basically there's a cool moment from Okana when when Jago explains the origin to, to doll that he yeah you have no people you have no family you were made in a lab uh, and the the first person to, I guess, kind of try to uh, comfort Dawes, actually Okana, when he just says, tough break, kid. <laughs> so he does he does have, like, some some heart yeah. and some compassion. Tough break is not the best uh, not, <laughs> comfort. He's not good at it. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's I, I want to say, only a few steps from sucks to be you. <laughs> well, if, yeah. you if you listen to, to Billy Campbell's performance, he's, he's got a little it, like, pretty, yeah, a little he's empathy like, in there. There's like some paternal warmth to the way he said okay. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I need to go back and watch the scene. I I did have a thought because especially when Gwen started like uh, comforting him, I was like, they're really leading into like a found family in the show. Right. Yeah. Sure. That and I was like, oh, even more so, they're leading into that with dolls. Which I think every Star Trek show kind of does on yes, some. I I agree it, to some degree, mm -hmm. but if you're a starship like family, basically, mm -hmm. I don't think that's. But these ones, I think, particularly because so many, all the kids in this seem to be some stripe of orphan. Yeah, it's it, it, it seems to like it's like a particular thematic. We here. have we have yet to find we have yet to find one who has a loving parent that's looking for them. So uh, that's <laughs> true. true. Uh, um, I guess I guess Gwen's father's looking for her, but not great. Yeah. Not a great dude. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, Janeway is the is the closest they have right now. Hologram yeah. Janeway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked uh, what um, uh, Gwen said. She said, uh, "Dal, you don't need fixing." I like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Just simple and straightforward. And again, thinking about the younger, you know, viewers of the show, who you know. Could, might be experiencing right obviously not this exact form of alienation but could have so many <laughs> different sort of self-doubts and just you know hearing that here hey here's a kid who thinks he's worthless because he doesn't have parents uh you know doesn't matter exactly why but that's one of the things he's feeling mm -hmm. right now and and she's standing up for him so i thought that was cool mm -hmm. so dr Jago, I guess called Dr. Torgo at one point, because we were trying to figure that character out. It's like the same description. I guess they, they changed it because it's like Ninjago, which is the other oh. show that they've... So it's Dr. Jago from that. <laughs> what, what do they call it? The device? It's a epigenetic. Yeah, the epigenetic mm -hmm. dermal implant. That uh, we, And then we see another one later in the episode. So I'm curious if, if Jago will come back or if she's going to play some larger role or if, if, you know, is that mm. technology is that technology that's unique to her? I don't know if they're trying to set something up here. Her motivation is a little weird to me because she just seems like so fascinated with, mm -hmm. with him that I guess she just wanted to do this as like a personal type of experiment because she doesn't like charge him money or anything. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm trying like, to think of like... You know. How how well, how should we consider her when all is said and done? Terrible person, bad person, decent person. She gave the customer what they wanted. It was uh, unregulated and arguably, I guess, potentially dangerous. But that was more, you know, it was more like it, it was not helping him along on a mental on his mental journey. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she did it for herself because yeah, she's, yeah. She just, you know, likes her likes her classic self involved mad scientist. Well, the, the mm -hmm. payment might have been that she has access to his whole genetic structure now i mean oh she, yeah yeah he basically has I that think, oh i do think that's that gonna come back uh, apparently <laughs> proto, yeah. 
proto organian right didn't yeah. I didn't hear that in yeah 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 we'll, we'll talk about like all the, the there's 20 species that we out of the 26 they're not all from that... him there there that was one thing that Aaron pointed out it's like there's he, she compared them against these other ones but not all of them are Dal. okay okay it sounds like something that came after the fact to explain why the uh the animation listed some of these things but uh that's well, yeah, fine like, we, they, we can, like, we can Aaron's like clearly that. he's not q you know it's just like mm-hmm. i'd love if, if all of a sudden he started getting q powers that would be <laughs> I mean, proto-organians so it wouldn't be out of the question if he has like some some god alien abilities at yeah. some point but mm-hmm. Like, they're going to have to go back to that. Uh, it does seem like something that now that they've introduced that that's in there, obviously there's more story to be told, and it's something more, more of those things will happen, I'm sure. Yeah. It would be cool if at some point that we see the the consequence of this, where, like, there's an army of evil cloned dolls they have to that's fight or I'm something. That's like what wondering. And, yeah, the, so I don't, know if, I don't know if Dr. Jago's... <laughs> done i think we might see more of her at some point. when you said that fathery i heard it in my head as like dolls like little dolls that kids mm-hmm. play with <laughs> or, i was like What's or gone I should... every, uh, yeah. every i always want to call his call him doll instead of dal and so like every time i say his name i have to like pause and think and remind myself yeah, yeah like it rhymes with weird owl like dal quick spotlight uh, a comment from uh joanne um in the in the in the comments uh not being able to pinpoint one's place in the world really resonated with me as my family is currently trying to piece together our family history uh it is hard especially as african americans um and it, that's that's the, the exact kind of uh, I, I sort of suppose the strange universality that science yeah. fiction can pull off which which is really one of the coolest things about a good mm-hmm. star trek episode so thank you for that joanne when he has his increased intelligence and he's using like the uh, the big vocabulary words, I was like, "Oh, this is what it's like when I talk." Yeah, when I talk to Dave, sometimes like Dave will say words like uh, "persepicacious" or whatever, or <laughs> "sagacious" or whatever. I'm like, "Yeah, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about." Like, just to say like a normal word. You want me to say it the way that Dal does to uh, to Okana? <laughs> to Okana. We <laughs> go to yeah. ship, fathery. We go ship. No. I did I did kind of like all of his kind of it felt like he had become hyperactive a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and he was like visually kind of constantly like moving around shadow boxing uh, kind of <laughs> I, I don't know what all he was doing in there but uh, I was amused I think the animators probably had some fun with that mm-hmm. balancing up on like this the ledge yeah and, yeah it was just yeah. he had just it felt like he had just had like all the sugar yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess sugar's the good for the kids show. I was like, for a second, I was like, is Dal drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it made me a little uncomfortable. It made me nervous. I was like, Mm. you know, I knew obviously like, yeah, this is not going to work out well for him. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was just kind of like waiting to see like whatever, whatever the side effects were going to be. Yeah. 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 Uh, But uh, let's talk about the Romulan stuff and the the cool strike team uh, with, uh, you know, the, the, on the Dauntless Asensia, we'll get into her big reveal later. explains why she was so gung-ho here but mm-hmm. she's asking admiral Janeway, like you know do i have permission to, like secretly infiltrate the neutral zone try to retrieve the the protostar uh but janeway tells her no but then th- they have a cool conversation where they're like okay if we're thinking about doing this you know if we're thinking about breaking the treaty and going to the neutral zone you know the romulans are probably thinking the same thing yeah. and uh sure enough like they are so uh, Commander Kesa from, from last week. I really like that jump in logic where they were like, wait, we have morals. They might not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but I... it, like to, in order to acknowledge their lack of morals, you have to uh, acknowledge that you were at least thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> I, um, well, funny, cause what I, I remember making a note to be like, well, this, she's like really gung-ho about doing it. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, never mind. I figured that out. <laughs> 
I was pleased to see that Janeway could could ch put a little bit of checks and balances on herself, though, mm -hmm. mm. since they have occasionally been portraying her as a little bit white whale hunting. Yeah. Cool visuals, though, the, the Romulan strike team and then the, the space elevator and then the ion storms and the clouds and stuff. And Yeah, Father, you've got a still pulled up for, for people listening to this in audio format. And, like, those two stills of them, they look so freaking cool. They're all, like, so leaning cool. like leaning down like ninjas surveying before they, you know, pull a hit or whatever. And, it, you know, they look badass. They, they need to make figures of them, by the way. I would love a figure of Commander Kasith. Like, I like that they have, like, this, these anti-grav suits that we don't mm -hmm. know much about. But it looks like, it's kind of like the Romulan uniforms from TNG, kind of like that that gray uh, armor-looking pattern. But the the fact that, like, she has, like, this, like, advanced, like, technological suit and then has, like, this black cloak on mm -hmm. out the outside of that. I don't know why I love that combination so much. But it, it just looks cool. I don't know if it's her, but one of the uh, strike team is actually also uh, Bonnie Gordon, who does the voice of the computer. Yeah, they, they reused huh. a couple of, I, I think, B De, uh, what's his name? D. Bradley Baker, who voices Murph. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he also does like one of them. So they, yeah. they, they recycle cool. some of their, their cast. In the style of uh, TAS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not like James Duhon doing like 90% <laughs> of the voices in the, in the yeah. show. but That would be like Bonnie doing every female voice or something. Which she did when they actually laid down the track originally. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they had the scratch track. So she basically mm -hmm. played Gwen, she played the computer, she played Janeway. Janeway, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. She gets a cool line as the computer here when she, she tells Commander Kaseth that they, they need the Protostar captain to access the controls. So they the, so then they're going after Dell or whoever the captain is. But yeah, Zero and Jankum Pog did not, neither one of them does very much in this episode. They both get knocked out immediately when the <laughs> Romulans show up. I mean, so. I think that's fair. Sometimes you're you're a supporting sure. character. Yeah, there's definitely a like uh, too many characters happening right now. You guys gotta take a gotta take an L this week. And, yeah, and it was cool because nap. they that allowed us to see that the Talciar, since they got to miss a whole lot of shots in the scenes coming up, um, <laughs> that uh, they were they could be very effective. Yeah. yeah, it was a good way to show like, hey, they're a threat. Like yeah. Like within within twenty seconds of like running into the protostar, they take out Jankum, Zero, and Hollow Janeway. Mm -hmm. So it's also a good because again, with this show being for kids, where this might be their introduction to Star Trek, to be like, hey, the Romulans are a real threat. There's a reason, like, right, why like we're scared of them. Why we're like yeah. we need to find some kind of peace. That was actually the 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 thinking of the kid perspective was one of the few reasons why I was okay with the Soong name being dropped because I was like, okay, well, for better or worse, it like that is kind of a one of the bigger aspects mm -hmm. of sort of the mad science of star trek and so you know here kids hearing that name at least it's not the worst thing in the world mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are so many soongs e eric soong was a uh, was a particular so I'll, I'll point out which one he is in the gorn eggs if, in case anyone doesn't remember which one is eric i but... only know because i looked it up but yeah by the way so so father now you've got the stills up of the drop from the uh tal shiar strike team or whatever and clear visual uh re reflection reflection of star trek 09 yes uh, which they also did in lower decks recently when mariner mm -hmm. has to drop <laughs> well ransom got mad when she called it a space elevator it was an orbital lift in that yeah. episode the, the least dangerous game but yeah when mariner jumped off of that she did kind of the same thing the star trek 09 thing so it's a great se action scene in the original trek 09 yes. and so I can see why why it's you know like they might want to revisit at least you mm -hmm. know as inspiration. Yeah, and if you're the uh, the little kid watching this who you know wasn't even alive when Star Trek 09 came out, it'd be oh like God. your first exposure I, to it. Yeah, I guess I that's true. I know you're right, but uh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, Father, that's terrible. 
Back in the far-flung days of Star Trek 09. <laughs> Not a single 12-year-old in the world was alive when that movie came out. Yeah, that's true. Great. Cool, cool, cool. cool, cool. <laughs> well, you, like, you're talking about your first movie is First Contact. Mine was the motion picture, so it's just like... No, that was that was the first one I saw in the theater. I just, I wasn't, I didn't get into the track until 94, but... Okay. I mean, with, with this conversation, I could also make you guys feel old, so... <laughs> uh, Rock Talk was looking at some little space doggies or something in, in one of the windows. Are those yeah. from anything? To just, just is there an Easter egg or no, anything I, there? I think they're just like genetically engineered puppies to look extra cute or something okay. like that. Like you can you can buy a, a genetically engineered pet is what I assumed it was. Yeah, pound puppies. Mm. See, like in any other franchise, be like, yeah, that's a toy. In this one, I can't even get them to make a toy with the like made cats. <laughs> I I do think it's interesting how like. Tysus was super ready to like blow up the proto star. He's like he he's kind of the war. I, I kept calling him like the Tuvok of the show, which I guess Tuvok would be kind of warfish with some of his uh you know security recommendations of the captain. But he's like okay, I got like the the low yield micro torpedoes loaded and ready to go. Like if you do want to shoot this uh, teenager inhabited spaceship, I am I am ready to ready to pull the trigger. I bet you know uh, T- TNG Wharf would have done it. <laughs> He would have said it, he suggested it knowing that he would never be allowed to do it. So he could just like say it. It wouldn't make a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's well dope. <laughs> <laughs> There's this uh, episode of, of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer where halfway through the episode, there's the, uh, like, a character, uh, Spike, who is a, a vampire and kind of a jerk. Like halfway through the episode, he's like, okay, we're going to go in here and I'm going to help you guys out. Not really sure why. I can't stomach the lot of you, but you know, you kind of. Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna like walk out of this episode right now, yeah. never to be seen again. And then he like just straight up leaves, and we don't see him the rest of the episode. And that's kind of what Okana <laughs> appears to do here. He's like, "Oh, the, okay, Romulans are uh, the Tal Shiar. In fact, are coming after you, kids. Uh, I, I'm out of here. Bye." I feel so. like the Tal Shiar might have just killed him then and there, but I guess they also maybe just didn't care. Why bother to have uh, more of a potential? I guess like paper trail, body trail, uh, phaser mm. trail. Uh, I guess you'd think they would leave no witnesses. Yeah, well, that's true. I would think with Dal's enhanced, you know, intelligence, he would have been like, "Yeah, that's the captain," and just like let them believe it that it yeah. was, was him. <laughs> no, because that would have uh, even he's he's too prideful, even with a super intelligence, uh, he, yeah, couldn't, maybe. Uh, I, he couldn't um, get over it. I I kind of thought like the super intelligence, it was like super intelligence, but it made him be like, "No, I'm the best," as opposed yeah. to actually smart. True. But uh, there was a second where I thought Okana was gonna like do the right thing and be like, "No, I'm the captain. I'm obviously the adult here." Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. and then immediately was gone. I'm like, "No, you still suck." Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I think uh, what do you call it? Um, by the way, I think Dal has high intelligence, but he still has teenager wisdom. I guess I'd say that makes sense. Yeah, or or, or ego, smart. if you if you mm-hmm. for this yeah. particular scenario. Just because you're book smart does not mean you're street smart. Exactly. Like, um, but yes. he does get a cool action scene here. He dro- he dropped those Tal Shiar dudes. The battle is in my blood. I don't I don't know <laughs> if like having Klingon DNA would make you say Klingony things like that. It, you know, it, yeah. it's uh, it, it, it gets might, the point the across. The emotions might inspire you to say that more. Now he also starts uh, you know, talking about logic when his when his ears get pointy and he becomes a Vulcan again. Like I don't know if like Vulcans are like genetically skewed towards like talking about logic all the time but it it gets the point across i i suppose uh if you know if you if you wanted to get granular and imagine this that the uh dr jago or whatever might have but done you know done, dropped in some like like little 
uh, archetype programs oh, yeah. for the different aliens that you know were feeding into his brain. It's the kind of mad science she could do. <laughs> if the implant could expand his vocabulary, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it must be giving him some other information because he, he talks like a Tellerite too. When he kind of talks like Jankum Pog, when he refers himself uh, in the third person, when he's like Dalorel would do it again. Yeah. Uh, that had to be, by the way, also fun for his voice actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they stick with it, like the stupid voice he starts talking in. Like then later, when he's like crying in the elevator and having like a, a genuine like emotional moment, they still have like the stupid voice. And Brett Gray made it work, and I was yeah. I was imp- I was like that was bold. Mm-hmm. That was bold to do that, and it worked. Yeah. yeah. I like at the end when he's just like, something's wrong with my stomach, or, or a third hand is coming. I'm like, oh, is it turning into an adosian? Like, it's become like Eric's, you know, or something. I hadn't thought about it. That could be, I guess, one of the one of those mm-hmm. uh, DNA uh, samples in there. Yeah. I kind of like, especially because this is a kid show, wondering if this is like a little bit of like a puberty metaphor. I, I definitely thought about that because if nothing else, the voice alone made me would might make yeah. you think that. And then, yeah, yeah he's, he's going through these uh, sort of uh, terrors. These changes, like... Uh, that did not occur to me but yeah that yeah, I think I, that was certainly something they were thinking about yeah i don't know i i like just like a teenager going through body changes that you didn't right. ask for that are just like ah why is this happening <laughs> or if if anyone out there reads the script for the spider-man movie that james cameron oh, was going to direct in like the early 90s oh, uh, I don't dave you've, you've read the script right we've, we've had conversations about this yeah yeah his uh but, the the organic webbing there was used as a very overt metaphor uh for a wet dream oh my god i wasn't gonna like spell it out but, oh, god. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, there's 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 a lot more thought on that aspect of it <laughs> When you wake up and you just find that you've just shot webbing all over the place. Just... <laughs> so the James, the James Cameron you said? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, I want those Avatar movies to fail even more now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared you do this. Avatar, the sequel no one asked for. <laughs> well, he probably would have had Arnold Schwarzenegger play Dr. Octopus, though. That would have been kind of neat, I think. But <laughs> I don't actually hate that. <laughs> that could have worked. I just wanted to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger just be like, "Ah, Spider-Man." Uh, I know this isn't uh, Doc Ock's line, but you know I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. Uh, but but no, I thought this the Dow stuff with the mutations. It it had a bit of a body horror element, but you mm-hmm. know, in a way that'd be safe for kids. But yeah, like when he he looks at himself in the reflection some stuff eventually. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's got like weird goo coming out of his neck i think i think so mm-hmm. yeah i was like where's that leaking from that's just <laughs> i just love how they both look hor- like everyone around him looks horrified they're like yeah, you're right father it is a little bit of body horror i hadn't really quite thought about yeah. that yeah where like when he looks at himself in the reflection and he's like oh my god that's my face like mm-hmm. it was uh you know it's yeah. it's a bit creepy if you think about what that would actually be like it's interesting to think of the, of the you know as a metaphor for you know when you kind of try to act like something you're not to, to if, if you saw that as a visual metaphor mm-hmm. like oh that is clearly and if nothing else, it's clearly not me. Yeah. What have I become? Because I, yeah. I was thinking in a puberty thing. I was like, what are, like, would you like the first time you like wake up and you have like a bunch of acne? Or like, <laughs> yeah. Huh. At this point, I was like in the mindset that it was a puberty metaphor, so I kept like going with it. I, I think it's. Yeah. I think that's a pretty pretty solid read. Yeah. Janeway actually does, like I said, you know, press the button and fires the torpedoes. So she does follow orders from Jellico. She did. She did what she was told. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they like went. Th- I like, I had no point that I think these characters were gonna die because, again, 
Kicho, yeah. but I was like, oh, that's like they really went far with that. Like they've gone ahead and made the potential for it that was very real for their deaths was very real in that yeah. sequence. They could have even made that like a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well, true. You wouldn't know. I love that the while we're talking about this grim notion, we have Murph's smiling face <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> he looks so giddy. <laughs> well, we get some we get some action from Murph. This is the first time we've uh, seen what our friend Dom Paris has named uh, Leggy Murph. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to catch on. I, maybe Hamster Ball Murph. Maybe we should call him yeah. Hamster Ball Murph. But yeah, <laughs> when Hamster Ball Murph gets out of the hamster ball and beats some Romulan ass, I was all for that. That totally won me over. I was I was very skeptical about like this new shape that he's in. But uh, if I'm going to get cool action sequences like this, it's like, OK, OK, let's, let's do more with the, uh, the, the, the Murph 2.0. I'm, I'm ready for it. It felt very, uh, I mean, uh, comic book fans might think uh, Mr. Fantastic and people who saw The Incredibles will think uh, uh, Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the same kind of, he's doing that kind of cool fighting, you know, flipping around and slingshotting himself into stuff and just knocking yeah. the crap out of these uh, Tal Shiar dudes. Who, by the way, just their their attacks were pretty cool too, I thought. It reminded me of like Yoda in I Want to Say Attack the Clones. Uh of like coming back and was oh, like yeah. I can beat a bunch of people up and it's like hey I'm back to being cute. Uh, yeah. Like, we call him Standing Murph, Smurf. Wait, no. <laughs> That's it'll catch on. And I like that like he returned to his hamster ball when he was done. It's like yeah. oh he knows where he belongs. It's like who is the old drunk dude in Andy Griffith who would like when he at the end of the night he would like walk himself to the police station and, like lock himself up in, right. the, in the jail cell. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I don't know that dude's name. But yeah, I kinda reminded me of that. I you just can... unlocked something deep in my memory. But uh, Otis, Otis is the answer we're looking for. Otis, Thank okay, you. yeah. Otis the town. Drunk. Otis. It's Odo. Um, no, yeah, not Odo. Uh... <laughs> Odo did get drunk though when he became a solid. He he was like uh you know, experimenting with, mm-hmm. with solid things and started started drinking, so I think drunk that I'm Odo going to thing. be calling this uh toddler Murph because that is also toddler like Murph. the carrier that Rock Talk has for him is like for carrying toddlers yeah. and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And and that's still like I think that's the vibe of sort of roughly where he is mentally. I think you they've know. said that a couple of times through the people yeah. like uh, Hageman. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, so Murph wins the day. He saves the ship. They uh they detonate the torpedoes. And uh, we get that we get that uh, heartfelt moment from from Dal where he explains like, oh, I just wanted y'all to like me as much as y'all liked Okana. And then Gwen and Rock Talk tell him like, oh, we always liked you. And, and you know, you didn't run away like that asshole did. So we like you more. <laughs> yeah. If he was a little unsure about himself, uh, I suppose Okana helped by being such a piece of shit in that instance, <laughs> because there's no way to uh, to think he's a, ba- a cool dude after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was cool to see him all like, you know, hugging each other in the elevator and then Murph being the shielding, like replacing like the glass of the elevator. With I his- also yeah. like the visual of like seeing that as like a silhouette. And I was like, oh, that's like really like a yeah. really cool visual. But mm-hmm. it's, it's also like Murph in his, if he is, if he's going to be the security officer, like he's like keeping them all safe and secure. It's like kind of a visual mm-hmm. representation of he's the one like shielding them and protecting them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of seems obvious uh, in retrospect, but um, but yeah, I certainly wouldn't have thought uh, like three episodes in that this cute blob 
pet like thing is like, oh, what a he's obviously going to end up as a, uh, both a metaphorical and literal security officer. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, yeah, but it, it makes total sense that he's indestructible. He's indestructible and all that stuff. Yes. They, they keep reminding us that he's indestructible. So that means like anytime yeah. there's like a violent, dangerous situation, they can just throw Murph in there and not have to worry about it because yeah. he's a security he's, blanket there. Yeah. Murph <laughs> couldn't even stop uh, one barrel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it reminds me it's of a podcast I'm on, but my uh, with a that's actual play. But the one joke is like the dogs are always fine; nothing will ever happen to the dogs. So I was like, nothing can ever happen to Murph. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know what? He's it, it, the the less he's like a pet, the more he can die. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll see where but that now goes. Now they'd have to be it'd be the equivalent of killing a toddler, and so that's oh, pretty. No. Yeah, that's not likely to that's happen. Frowned either. upon as well. No, a little more acceptable than a dog. <laughs> Yeah, no. Well, let's talk about the uh, the the ending. Uh, I guess my only complaint with this episode, you know, I said like I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I and I love that like they're getting more into more like familiar Star Trek territories. You have you know Romulans, Angelico, stuff like that. Which is, I think like at the very end, I would have appreciated you know a like O'Connor to like come back or like do something or just like you know contribute to the story in some way other than just like being the reason they they went to this one particular planet. Or B, I kind of wanted like a conversation between. Dal and, and Hollow Janeway, where he kind of, uh, you know, talks to her like, you know, you were right about something. If something is too good to be true, it probably is. And instead, like they give that that ending uh, moment to Rock Talk. And, you know, I'm happy like she gets to do like her science log be like the officially the science officer. All the security stuff's going to go to Murph now. But I just I, I kind of wanted like a little bit more with uh, with Dal at the end. That's my only only complaint. Yeah, every once in a while, uh, I feel like they could use a little bit of the old Trek tradition of a denouement where the characters talk about whatever happened and they mm-hmm. you know, obviously the her uh, rock talks medical blog was was kind of that but you know yeah i, yeah, I think i would have liked uh, a little bit more with dal maybe something a little a few more thoughts about uh, okana like if somebody had said did he really just just walk away my god <laughs> just a little bit more dumbfounded by it but he's, uh, he's an adult right like <laughs> yeah he's an adult in quotation marks yeah uh, i liked what uh, i i jotted this down while i was watching it i like uh, this line from rock talks log the uh, science rules and science needs rules <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was cute well, yeah. nice little bit of it's, it's very catchphrasey but you know it's yeah. like it frames it in a way that's easy for a kid to remember and understand slap that yeah. on the rock talk shirt <laughs> exactly this is from the beginning of the episode because we're talking about logs i did it made me laugh when doll was like uh captain's log start aid i don't know like, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter I don't know. as, like, as yeah. someone who is uh i i, I am not uh, i'm gonna say one of those detail-oriented trek trek fans uh that's how i feel always yeah that's the same <laughs> i never have any idea what uh I knew what your things come out in the real world and in relation to other shows about how, but I have no idea what Stardate things are. So right. that made me laugh. Well, no, one, eight... no one knows. Like, Stardates, they don't work. They don't make sense. Yeah. They're right. all over the place. Right. They've never worked. Some people try <laughs> to make sense of them. The TNG era ones are better internally for them, like, yeah, I think within the TNG. TNG to Voyager, they, like, make sense yeah. within, for, like, in, like, towards each yeah. other. But besides that, there's no rhyme or reason to them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but even there, like in season one of TNG, they uh, like have they, they're a little like out of order. Mm. It's like, OK, this is supposed to be like Tasha Yar is dead. But like this is like according to like the star date, like this should take place like before she died. Mm. But well, yeah, what like you that, see, but... Father, is uh, uh, Picard was so emotionally distraught over the death of Tasha that he misentered the number. So that was actually <laughs> just a goof on his part. <laughs> 
William Shatner and TAS would leave off a number every once in a while. So it was like, <laughs> just short. I'm just like, wait, that's Star Day like, 21. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> yeah, that it. track shocked me. <laughs> uh, but then on the Dauntless, we have uh, Asensia, you know, urgently rushing into the the quarters that the Diviner's being kept in, saying things like, uh, we're, we're out of time, we have to move forward. And then, boom, turns out that Dreadnought uh, is not only still alive, but he's also a Transformer. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been a, a he's, robot in disguise. He's just been a sensible coffee table this whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe that was the one, the, these have been the, the, the few weeks of peace he's had in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like life as a table. Very stable. I find it really interesting that her thing looks so much like Doll's thing to me. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's obviously big, meant yeah. to be the same technology, but yeah. the same... Uh, yeah. By the way, implant. Dreadnought, although uh, he, you know it was, uh, he was very sedate as a table, it was an evil table. <laughs> I've been sure. watching that table the whole time. I don't know if I told y'all, but I'm, I'm, oh. I have. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Dave, because one thing I did actually think about uh, last week was, okay, Dreadnought has not been seen for a while. I bet in this next episode, in episode 15, I bet he's going to, I bet that's when he's finally going to show up again. And then sure enough, he does here. Good call. Uh, I was thinking, I was like, he's so. I was like, they was like, Jimmy Simpson is like, uh, he's been in the opening credits every yeah, episode. That was like, he's still considered a series regular. I don't yeah. like, I feel like he has to be coming back at some point. I basically, I guess that this would happen with Asensia for two reasons. One, you know, we had talked about early on where she, she discovered how to wake up the diviner basically, mm-hmm. like, just magically. But the other thing is, like, it wasn't her real accent. Like, she has a very distinctive accent. Like, why are they? making her do this really bland kind of and then like oh they can make it a reveal so when she yeah. turns out to be her real self then she can use her real accent and that's what it's happened it's funny because right before like the reveal that she did something with her accent i was like oh she sounds more like herself here and i went oh they're doing yeah. something yeah when, okay. when she's she's yelling when, <laughs> yeah. when she's yeah. like uh dreadnought de- uh activate or whatever but, she says so but dun, 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 dun. is i i fall asleep listening to tv shows that i know really well the one i've been listening to as i fall asleep recently is the good place so oh yeah like the switch was like whoa it's a hottie oh right (laughs) but then when she like has her vada caught face on the end uh she says something and it didn't sound quite as uh typical jamila jamil yeah you know the 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 british accent so i'm not it might not be that strong but it it is different than the the other she looks very much like uh, uh, Gwen there too, though. Yes, mm-hmm. and I always thought that she looked a bit like Gwen. She has like the same like fingerless mm-hmm. gloves and stuff, and uh, it's like st- their their face is similar. Although she kind of has like these, these weird second, wrinkles. Like I don't like her hair is completely different. For a second, I thought they were gonna say this wasn't an older Gwen. Well, that's mm. what I'm wondering. Is is it possible that this is like in the future? That's interesting. Gwen came back. I think in it time. might be. I think I it might be. The thing is, if it's her hairline, I wish she had a British accent though. Yeah, her her forehead looks quite a bit different. She doesn't actually look like she looks like the same species as Gwen. Obviously, she doesn't actually look that much like her. Yeah, it's just like it's close enough that they could have made her look even less, more different, I suppose. Yeah, but it, it suggests there could be a... her forehead is completely different. What if she's another creation of the Diviner, another one of his progenies? So oh, kind of yeah. like Gwen's sister. Yeah. That would make sense too. Yeah, that'd be kind of awful if he found out that, like, I don't know, he only cared about Gwen insofar as she's helpful in the moment, but, you know, he, he'll just make another Gwen if he needs to. He seems to have some real care, though, right? Yeah, he, he cares about her. Like, it showed that way back in, I guess, the uh, the fifth episode of the show when they were back on uh, the murder planet, mm-hmm. uh, when he really 
wanted to like go save her from the from those vines that were grabbing her but he wanted the proto star more and you saw like he was conflicted like he didn't want to abandon his kid to go get the ship but that's what he ultimately chose to do but just the fact that like he he was so reluctant like you could see like the pain in his face like he didn't care about her if i had uh, like i've like been comparing him to a scale of like thanos he has not gone to the place that thanos did yet yes so he is not, in that like... sense father of the year <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, like, the amount of, like, time that Essencia has spent on the ship, we assume, at least. It's like, when they start to gather, it's like, why did our first contact go so poorly? It's like, these are not horrible people. Like, I don't know. Or maybe do we seem horrible to them? I don't know. Because, mm-hmm. like, she, it feels like you've spent time with these people now. Why are you still, ah, destroy them? Yeah. And I, I thought there may, there may be more on that. Although, certainly, uh, people can go sometimes undercover for long periods of time and stick to their subversive ideology. So True. that, that is, does yeah. happen. Um, I see in the comments, Fathery, that Starfleet Boy, uh, I think uh, he's, he says he's listening in his car and he's, I think he said something about that being Gwyn from the future in the past. And apparently we said that's not a good idea. <laughs> he said that on Trek Central and then Dom Paris told him that he didn't think that was a good idea. Ah, uh, uh, okay. We haven't we haven't talked about that on, on he's trying to Trek. He's trying to tar me with someone else's <laughs> cruelty. <laughs> but uh but I'm gonna get you know, I, I I think Starfleet Boy deserves the uh credit for his guess anyway, yeah. and I'm gonna give him an honorary badge. Achievement unlocked, Starfleet boy. You were right. I I always knew. I knew like from a long time ago that Asensia was going to turn out to be a Vanuakot because I saw that in the uh, the the casting call that went out. I think like two years ago, like long before we'd even seen Prodigy at all. Um, I, I you know pretty quickly figured out like okay, well this character isn't the Tellerite Doctor. That went to Jason Alexander. This isn't mm-hmm. the Endurian First Officer. Uh, that went to David Diggs. This uh, so okay. This one is the one who's going to turn out to be the Vana Akat. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to spoil that out of you know respect for the show and the the creators behind that. Mm-hmm. But. I think that's when they also had Doctor Torgo, where they changed the name to yes. Jago. It's yeah, um, instead. So it's funny. It's interesting to me that like a lot of those roles, maybe not as Jamila Jamil, even though like because she's famous, but she's not like oh my god a name that I right. kind of assumed Jason Alexander would not have had to audition. <laughs> And maybe he didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he yeah. didn't. Yeah, but it's even even like if you if you don't make an actor audition, there's still like a you know mm-hmm. a casting process yeah. where you know you have to go through their agencies and all mm-hmm. that. That's uh, true. Inside baseball stuff that most people probably don't care to listen yeah. to. But Cake is Eternal did say that whoever it is, they played a really long game. You know, that is to say, uh, Ensign yes. Essentia, and 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 saying like uh, assuming that Essentia worked away up from the academy. Now I don't know. I guess we could find out that right when the Dauntless launched in pursuit of the kids. The a spy took out the real ends in Essentia. That's what I'm wondering. Put them in the same closet as Mister mm. Excitement, Mister <laughs> Mister Adventure, and Chakotay. Mister Adventure, yes, thank you, Chakotay. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it'd be interesting if she actually witnessed that civil war, the Vana caught civil war, and the destruction of her home world. Because I would buy that as a motivation. That, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she could actually like go through the academy and all the Starfleet stuff and be like a functional Starfleet officer on a ship but still be dedicated to stopping Starfleet or even destroying the Federation to save her planet. Yep. Because uh, I, I could see it going either way. I was thinking about like whether she was the, like, uh, had taken over someone because there was a a time with like a three different things. My like favorite character turned out to be an evil person who would take, or like a character I really liked was like an evil person who had taken over someone's life. One is Star Trek. One was Lorca. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it happens. Dave, uh, Dave likes to make this joke about 
uh, Starfleet officers being impersonated. Uh, you know, what if like someone like breaks into Starfleet and it's like, wait a minute, are you an imposter from the mirror universe? Th- this is so embarrassing. I'm actually a changeling that took the form of a Starfleet admiral. And someone's <laughs> like, what? Really? Like I'm one of the conspiracy bugs. I, I-, I possess the Starfleet officer. <laughs> All at <laughs> once. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a genetically me. altered Klingon, like Ash Tyler. <laughs> We're just like everyone on the ship is, is an imposter. That's great. There was, there's a college humor sketch where it turns out an entire classroom is adults pretending to be teenagers. Oh, I've seen that. I think. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the Star Trek version of that. Yeah. I got some uh, some Gorn eggs to go through and some subspace transmissions, but before we hit that, does anyone have any final thoughts on this episode on Masquerade? I like I'm always excited for new Star Trek, but right now I'm like, oh, I need the next episode now. Yeah. I want to know what's happening right now. Lots of big reveals in this one, like, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed the episode, and they're, they're, they've been pretty good with some cliffhangers lately. So it's, this this may be one of the biggest ones they've dropped. I'm pretty hyped for it. And now Dreadnought delayed the, the team. toys, right? I think they delayed the toys because they want the Dreadnought uh, coffee table to robot toy. <laughs> oh, they didn't want to reveal transform. that until this episode came out. Yeah, we're, we're the entire show. Honestly, honestly yeah. with like how expensive, so like the expensive stuff they keep making, I could just making like we made the coffee table like life size. <laughs> My final comment on this that I, that I saved for last is just the title of the episode, Masquerade. Uh, that I guess, you know, you kind of would think like, oh, is this about like Dal's story? Is he like masquerading as something else or trying to? But but I think it's it's no like Asensia had the yeah. masquerade all along. So, right. Well, it's it's a double meaning. It's 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 all mm-hmm. of those things. Even Okana has a little bit of a mask that he's put up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Because they talk about that with the, the story he told. You know who doesn't put on a mask? Jellico. He's Jellico 24 <laughs> seven. A mask would not be Starfleet approved. He could not put that on. <laughs> you know what? I always thought it was dumb for Troy to like not wear a uniform. So I'm glad. Yeah. And and he needs to go to the Cerritos and make Maglimo wear a uniform too. <laughs> I just always I I think where a friend was watching. He watched the first episode of TNG and he was like, what do the different colors mean? And the next episode he was like, wait, what does gray mean? I was like, what do you mean? And then it was like, oh, don't pay attention. Troy doesn't wear a uniform. I, he was like, why? And I was like, I can't explain why. There is no actual reason. I can explain the sexist, like, behind the scenes reasons, but there's you no know, I kind of, the notion of of, of, of of sort of removing notions of rank and things like that a little bit around a counselor makes a certain sense to me. Like, if everybody, yeah. if they had, like, a, a basic code, like, you can't uh, walk around uh, traditional Betazoid uh, nude, but uh, but otherwise, you know, you can kind of dress informally. I, I You know, I actually kind of like it as I'm thinking about it. I'll, more more on this some other time. I like, I, I do like that as a theory. It just, uh, it it was like weird to me that it was like it seemed to be very casual clothes where I was like, at least be like business casual. Like Yeah. Uh, I mean I guess you could argue that the sort of like I don't know, sexier outfits of Troy were her betazoid influence. I mean, I know that's obviously true. that was that that's that's after the fact justification for, you know, like horny Gene Roddenberry, obviously. <laughs> just... In my head, the equivalent I have is like my dad was in the military for years and he he was a lawyer in the military and then he got out but was still working the same thing. He wore a suit. Like he didn't like he went from a uniform to a suit. He didn't start like covered in ca- like in like shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I think all I think all counselors should dress a little sexy, and if it's a guy, they need to wear like booty shorts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
just a thought for the future Star Trek. Carefully Boy would agree with that. Probably. <laughs> Shall we jump to the Gorn eggs on that note? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Gorn eggs, those are our Easter eggs, in-jokes, and continuity connections that I thought were worth mentioning. I'm going to run through these super fast because we're going over time. But uh, starting off, we have the return of Jellico, played by Ronnie Cox. First scene in Chain of Command, parts one and two on The Next Generation. We got a reference to him as an admiral in Lower Decks recently, though in the uh, season three premiere he's mentioned on the fnn federation news network oh that's right briefly Mm -hmm. we see in janeway's quarters i guess uh because it looks like there's a a bed in there uh but we see a model of the intrepid class starship like the uss voyager so as a fan of model ships i like seeing that Uh, dr jago does name drop eric soon in case you're wondering which brent spiner played character that was he is the one from star trek enterprise in the 22nd century he's the one who goes from geneticist to roboticist Uh, also out of the uh different alien species that are mapped on that graphic that dr jago has plus what we see nodal express in his transformations uh, we get references to romulans cardassians ferengi bajorans rhysians Erosion, Species 8472, Zindi, Gorn, Sulaban, Breen, Sona, Riemann, Tholian, Vulcans, Humans, Tellarites, Endorians, Klingons, and Vidians. There's also the symbol for the Dominion and the symbol for the Maquis. Which are not, like, genetically... That's weird. Yeah, those aren't, like... What would, like, Maquis DNA even be? I yeah, don't, that like... doesn't make any sense. Or Dominion DNA. That was like a that bunch would, of different species. Yeah, so. I don't know. That would be like... It's like uh, Federation DNA. Yeah, that yeah. would be like asking, like, what is the... Can we see the DNA of left-handed people? No, that's not <laughs> like, a, like a race. Well, maybe that uh, Dr. Jago was not... That That, that is her, her own weird uh, footnotes and weirdness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that could be. Oh, this is like a shorthand she used. Yeah, she's like, oh, I knew I meant the founders, or I know yeah. I meant, you know, whatever. The the story that Okana tells about the jewel of Thesia, that is basically the events of the episode, the outrageous Okana, which now we've learned that he only helped those two young people out because he wanted everyone to uh, to like him. So the Tal Shiar gear that we see is very similar to uh, how the Zot Vosh Romulans appear in Star Trek Picard season one, and they have the same disruptors. It's the same uh, disruptor pistol from Picard season one and the same disruptor rifle from Picard season one. So I thought that was really cool to see that stuff from just, you know, two years ago uh, being, being brought back in, in a different show. It's like Mm -hmm. uh, just cool to see those things connect together. And then Aaron, you mentioned the, uh, the third arm is about to come out line from (laughs) Dell. So that is uh, certainly (laughs) a a reference to the Adosian species like Eric's from the animated series. I thought this was a weird one to have like a Vulcan be so emotional, but the way that yeah. when when they detonate those torpedoes and the Vulcan officer on the bridge, he just yells out, yes, it was a uh, weird, but it made me think of in Star Trek Generations when Data does the, uh, the same thing after they blow up the Klingon bird of prey. And he's like, the, yes. So, cause he had the emotion chip. Yeah. I forgot about that. That almost feels like there's the kind of thing that has some meaning, but it may have just been like them having a little bit of a little bit of fun. I don't know. That's weird. It seems like it could be one of those things where maybe they just had someone they like recorded something and then didn't realize it was going to be Vulcan. Maybe that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah. Or he's only part Vulcan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, could be. Maybe he's one of uh, Cybox uh, Vulcan <laughs> dudes. Maybe he's like Simon Tarkus is like actually Mr. a part Wright. Romulan. Don't t- don't tell anybody. 
cake mm. is eternal wonders if it's another imposter. <laughs> yeah, it could be. We've talked about all the uh, the Starfleet imposters. Father, are you ready for uh, some subspace transmissions? Yeah, just I would like to ask you know, if anyone had you you've all heard us talk about this episode for an hour and a half. So if anyone has any <laughs> thoughts they want to express on it, then please by all means sound off. Let us know. You can comment on YouTube. You can post or comment on the Text Trek Facebook page. You can uh, talk about it in the Text Trek Discord. Or you can uh, reply to my tweets on Twitter. Links to all of that in the description wherever you're listening to this. But uh, Dave, what were people saying about last week's episode? Sure, I'll go through these quick too. That was that episode was Crossroads that introduced Okana and had the Protostar crew bumping into the Dauntless crew. Lots of chase stuff. Uh, so Tom Casey says, such a great episode. Brennan uh, Wyan says, uh, I haven't watched uh, much of Enterprise and didn't really care for outrage the outrageous Okana, and that made zero difference. The episode was still fantastic. Dauntless spinoff win. <laughs> Spotted Giraffe says, I just passed out from too much bad assery at the end, as obviously all my summoning circles worked, and uh, hashtag Star Trek Prodigy gave me the perfect character at the intersection of my perfect fandom Venn diagram. What is the perfect character? That's... We talked about this last week, uh, that a Giraffe likes to cosplay as the Romulan commanders, and so now she has a, a black woman Romulan commander to, right, to cosplay. I, right. I, I actually, I thought about that when I saw Commander Kaseth for the first time. I thought of I thought of our friend Giraffe. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be awesome because yeah, that character had a just a super cool looking visual. So yeah, mm -hmm. bring that on, get that uh, get that phaser or disruptor rifle going. Uh, Brandy Jacola says, "I loved seeing the Zindi. Uh, good to know they're still around, even if all we saw were the reptilians. Would love to know what's going on with the aquatic sarboreals, primates, and insectoids. I've also long held out hope that there's a lost colony of avians out somewhere out there." Joanne Robertson says, uh, and I think she might have mentioned this in, in a little bit in the uh, the. Uh, chat last week it was a little frustrating at first with all the missed opportunities for communication but then i remembered how hard it was for me to clearly articulate things when i was little and that shifted my perspective a little well, i thought that was a that was a good point as well oh, cool. um i think that's all the main stuff i wanted to uh i did want to mention that uh, joel seemed excited that the grand nagus guest starred on our episode last week <laughs> for those who saw yeah. starfleet boys really a perfect perfect uh imitation <laughs> cool well, uh, that's going to do it for this week, but we will be back uh, next week, as always, to talk about Season 1, Episode 16, Preludes, I believe it's called. So, uh, interesting. Well, what is that going to be preluding to? We'll find out. Mm. Uh, but until then, as always, live long and prosper, y'all. Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash text-trek. And follow Fathery on Twitter at TXTrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.